Hello, hello. This is Her Wild Side Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Mickey, uh, aka Hockey She Wrote. And I am coming to you today at a time that I normally would not record Monday night uh, because there's been a lot of things going on. And honestly, not even all day. There's been a lot of things going on in the past hour. <laughs> so um, first, let me just preface all of this by saying that just the other day, I think it was yesterday, actually. So uh, Sunday, I was saying, you know, I'm eternally optimistic, but it's looking bleak, my dudes. I mean, it just, it was, lo- it's looking bleak. And we all knew it was coming. We all knew it. Even though uh, Bill Guerin, about a week ago, had talked to Michael Russo and was saying that he had faith in, in Dean Evison. And I have to say that I am on the Dean Evison train. Like, I am actually legitimately sad that he's been let go. I liked him as a person. I thought he did pretty good as a coach. And the thing is, right now, I don't really know. Is a change in coaching going to change the way they play? I don't know. But Dean Evison couldn't get on the ice and play for them. And they were to a point where after losing the last two games to division rivals, we all knew he was on the chopping block. And again, I am sad. And I know I'm mostly sad because I love watching him on the bench. I love afterwards when he punches Darby. I love uh, when he like kisses them on the cheek. I love when he wants to fight other coaches. Uh, I like when he swears uh, very like in a way that we just, everyone knows what he's saying. I love it. And I'm, I am sad. Now, the it wasn't just Dean Nevison that was let go. They also let go Bob Woods. And this is kind of understandable. Not that I thought they would be firing both together on the same day, but Woods was in charge of kind of the defense and, and more crucially, the PK. And even though the penalty kill seemed like it had been getting better, all of a sudden last weekend, it just kind of fell apart again. So after Bill Guerin kind of saying that he was, you know, had faith in the coaching staff and he didn't think anything was going to happen there. Once you saw the last two games, he was just like, no, we're done. And again, it's understandable. I understand why. I'm not questioning that. I don't work in the hockey business besides writing about it and podcasting, but that's got to be hard. I can't imagine uh, being in an industry like that where you could basically walk in uh, as a coach and be fired. Like after how, you know, how many, it's been like, what, two months or even a player that they can just call you up and be like, hi, by the way, we traded you. That would be so hard. So I, I have to say that I do uh, like all of the guys who have to put up with that. I mean, I hope that they can, <laughs> I hope they can put up with that. And like the mental games that that plays, uh, anyway, the, the rumors coming from Michael Russo, who, uh, I trust to be in the know on things is that John Hines may be the next head coach. Now, I don't know a lot about coaches around the NHL. Honestly, the only ones I know by name are the ones on the wild. And uh, ones that are not good coaches, if that makes sense. Everybody else, I just 
you know, it's just one white guy after another white guy. And to me, they just all, they all blend together. My brother can't believe that because he's always like, well, what do you mean you don't know who coaches this team? And it's, well, I just don't. Anyway, uh, John Himes, Hines, excuse me. He was the head coach for New Jersey Devils for, I want to say it was like four seasons, three seasons. I'm trying to remember. I didn't write that part down. but And then he was the Nashville Predators head coach from 2020 through May 2023, kind of parts of four different seasons because there's like the COVID year in there and every, you know, everything kind of being wonky. So I don't know a lot about him. Uh, I know that he has been in and around the NHL for a long time. And I also know that he knows Billy Guerin and they have, I don't know, they have been buddies, I guess. So again, it's kind of that reaching out just into the, the old boys club and picking someone that you already know you have a relationship with. And in some ways that could be good, you know, because Bill Guerin would know who he's getting behind the bench and he would know what this guy's going to bring. On the other hand, it's hard because it's just recycling. They just recycle the same coaches over and over and the, the coaches just move to different teams. And at that point, it's like, we need to get some, some fresh faces behind the bench. Again, it's really easy for me to say that because I don't have to go hire them and I don't have to figure out even who would be up for the job. But it does feel like we need something that's not quite so stale. But I'm going to reserve my judgment. Again, it's all speculation that they're going to hire John Hines. I'm I'm not going to say it's a good or a bad hire until, you know, maybe the end of the season. The thing I don't know is I'm also wondering, is he going to be an interim head coach, meaning like temporary, or is he going to be like a permanent head coach? Because originally Dean Evison was brought in as the interim head coach. He had been an assistant. He was made the interim head coach. Uh, and then later on that summer, they kind of took out the interim and they made him an official coach. So I don't know if maybe that's a situation that that's going to happen now. We will have to see, I guess. I'm assuming they will drop that news tomorrow because if they drop it tonight, my fingers are going to fall off because I've been typing up articles like mad. But let's move on. So the second piece of news that hit basically 30, 40 minutes after they fired the coaches was that Ryan Hartman has been suspended for two games. This is, again, something that's not a surprise. During the Red Wings game, he tripped, like slew-footed Alex Dabrinkit of the Detroit Red Wings. And it was a dirty play. It was a nasty play. And I, as a fan, I don't think you have to defend everything that a player does. Even your favorite players can make mistakes, do stupid stuff, make a stupid choice. And you can, you can point that out and still be a fan. That's my whole thing is you can be critical of them, but you also don't have to be completely off the wall negative. But that's kind of part of my pep talk later. Anyway, Hartman, so he met with the NHL Players League, um, the Safety League. And so not only is he suspended, suspended for two games, he has to forfeit $41,463.42 into the Players Assistance Fund. Now, first of all, I think it's really great that when they find these guys, 
or, you know, in this case, he's not going to, he's going to be suspended those two games and that pay is going to go in. I love that it goes into the player's assistance fund. I think that's a great idea. And I know that the, um, the hockey players, uh, I'm losing words. It's been a long day, uh, but they're like collective bargaining agreement. That's kind of what has put these things into place, like the players assistance fund and, you know, doing this. And unfortunately it also defined that Hartman is a repeat offender. And we all, we all know he's been suspended multiple times. He's been fined. I do have to say he was also suspended for, uh, flipping the bird out of Vander Kane on national television. I don't feel like that one was that bad. I don't really agree with the suspension for that, but I don't make those decisions again. Uh, so he suspended two games. And, oh, I also wanted to point out that, first of all, $41,463.42 is incredibly specific. And I know that that's like, you know, they take their salary. Like, um, I think this is a 1.7 million is the contract he's finishing out this year. And they take that and they divide it by the number of games. And then that's how they pay them. But still, that's just like, it would just be so, it's so much easier, wouldn't it? If they just like rounded a, li a little bit, a little bit, like $41,400. And then just the, the 6342 could just go back to him. I don't know. It just seems weird. Now, he is going to be gone for two important games this week with division rivals. We had a really strange beginning of the year where the Wild didn't face anybody in the Eastern Conference for a while. We have played a ton of teams from the Western Conference, but basically no games against Eastern Conference rivals and even like in our within our central division. But this week, we have Tuesday night, we are playing St. Louis Blues. And Thursday night, they're traveling to Nashville to play the Predators. So two Central Division rivals. These are two important games because right now we are 30th out of 32 in the league. That is almost unthinkable. I, I just can't, like, I don't even have words. Like, yes, they've been playing terribly. Like, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad play. And I still can't believe that they're 30th. So, at this point, any points that they can get are so important, especially in the divisional race, because we want to make playoffs. That's kind of the goal every year. And honestly, the fact that Dean Evison could bring this group with such a cap salary cap hell situation and brought them to the playoffs two years in a row. That's why I, like, I really thought he was doing an okay job, but coming back to having Ryan Hartman gone, he is such, I know he's not on the top line anymore, but he's just such a gritty player that it's hard when he's out. He's the one that is kind of driving like this very physical. So I don't, I don't know if they are going to call someone up from Iowa or if they're going to go 11-7. Now, they had sent everybody back down to Iowa that they had called up because they wanted to try and make some more cap space. And calling someone up is going to be the best bet for winning. And I have to say, if they're going to call someone, so it has to be, it cannot be Adam Beckman and it cannot be Sammy Walker because they make too much. 
it can be um, Kara, Letary, Catan. There's at least one more, but it can be one of those guys. I am kind of hoping that it would be Vinny Letary, if it's anybody, only because he was up here and he was playing really well. I thought he did a, a very good job of showing that what a good player he can be. But the other option is to go 11-7. And I know that that can work in a pinch. But it just gets to the point where it is so, it's confusing. Because you're trying to balance all of this out. And then all of a sudden, you're not with, you know, as a player, you're not with your usual line. And someone has to jump into the, the fourth line. Or, you know, oh, we have to rotate some of the pairings for defense. And it just, like, it just gets all gobbledygooked. And I feel like that is going to be a cause for too many men on the ice penalties. And you know what? We cannot take those. <laughs> it's just the most ridiculous penalty and I, it baffles me. Anyway, so uh, I just hope that they tomorrow announce a call-up and then we can go from there and they can at least have a full roster. But it is so hard with this cap space because basically unless, so Hartman being out, that does not mean that they don't have to have his salary as part of their um, cap, their salary space thing. <laughs> um, but so it means that they still have to have his chunk in there and add in a chunk for anybody that they would call up. That's a tough situation when they're trying to accrue more cap space, because then, you know, later on in the season, then they could actually use that to their advantage. But I'm going to kind of close this out. And this is a kind of a little bit shorter maybe than usual. Last time I said that it ended up not being shorter than usual. Apparently I cannot time things and I, I should know that about myself, but now I do. So here's a pep talk, folks. First of all, if you are a fan of a team, I don't think it should matter if they are winning or losing. Obviously it is more fun to be a fan of a team that is winning. I understand. It is fun. It's amazing when you're at the Excel Energy Center and they are scoring goal and goal and you're, you know, jumping up and you're shouting and uh, it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. And it really sucks when they lose. And we know how that feels because that has been this entire season, basically. It's not a fun thing. But it does not mean that we need to start just having these crazy ideas, folks. First of all, no, we don't need Jesper Vol set up here. If he came up, and even if he, even if one of our regular goalies uh, is injured or got sick and we had to make a call up, we wouldn't want that to be long term for him. Volstead needs to be playing in Iowa rather than riding the bench in Minnesota. Because if he gets called up, he's not, they're not going to throw him in the net immediately. So he would just be riding the bench. At that point, he's better off playing more games. Now, I also do not think that we need to bomb for a rebuild. I, I just, I don't think teams should ever do that, I guess. And uh, this is one of those things, again, where I have to say, I understand it. It's not that I don't understand why teams do this. I get it. 
I think it's a terrible idea to do it on purpose. Now, there are times when it's just a bad team. That's not bombing on purpose. I'm talking about, you know, Chicago last year and Anaheim. And were they purposely bad just so they can get the draft picks? At that point, you kind of risk losing a lot of your fan base. And I just, I just don't think it's a good idea. Um, we also, one of the craziest things that I saw was someone attacking the social media admins of the Minnesota Wild. I have to say, they have been not like knocking it out of the park this year. Their social media content has been great. They are, it's funny, it's engaging. They are really kind of have hit this sweet spot of good content that people want to talk about and want to share. That's their job. That's what they're supposed to do. I saw someone on Twitter today talking about how they are doing a bad job because they shouldn't be so positive because we're losing. What are they supposed to do? First of all, it's not like they are coaching the team. They are there to take pictures and put together fun things for fan engagement, which is what they're doing. You know, do you want them to post a video of the players crying in the locker room afterwards or like like smashing their sticks? Do you want like their photos to be black and white and they can make them look like like funereal and sad and somber? That's not the point of the social media. I think at this point, everyone just needs to accept what it is. There's a saying that we always, so a um, little personal here, but two years ago, my grandpa was diagnosed with dementia. And it was really hard for my grandma, as it was for the rest of us. And it was really hard for my grandma to accept it. But what we have told her like, ever since then, and um, my grandpa passed away, she's been learning how to live without him. But what we always tell her is, it is what it is. You have to accept that sometimes. There are things that you cannot change, but what you can change is how you are responding to it. We cannot help the wild win as fans. We are doing our job. People are still filling the Excel Center, still cheering them on, even when they lose. It is what it is. But that doesn't mean that you walk away and, you know, go apocalyptic on social media. Like, that's not necessary. We all know that they're losing. We all watch the same games. People need to just learn to enjoy the sport and support your team. You can only control what you think and what you are doing. You cannot control other people. I just, I am not a fan of the negativity that is surrounding it. And look, I know that Minnesota sports fans find negative things to say no matter what. And I hate that. I think if you're going to be a fan of this team, you just need to accept that the Wild could all of a sudden go on a crazy run into the playoffs like the St. Louis Blues did a couple years ago. Or they could continue to really struggle and end the whole season 30th out of 32 teams. Either way, 
you have to just be there for the ride. And I know, again, I said at the top, I'm eternally optimistic, even though things have been looking bleak. Anyway, that's my pep talk. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully it sounded like a pep talk and not just ranting. Because <laughs> I'm definitely not here to rant. Um, yeah, I'm assuming, we all know what assume means, but I'm assuming there will be more news tomorrow. In which case, you can look for that on my social media feeds. I always type it up with my little fingers as fast as I can. And otherwise, let's just get ready for the Blues game. Get ready for the Preds game. And just enjoy the ride. So keep up the good vibes. And I will see you soon.